Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 213th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with five, he takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina electrical services josh and anthony we're back with you guys today to recap carolina's 91 71 win over clemson in the smith center on saturday afternoon as carolina snaps a three-game losing streak um and and in the process plays a brand of basketball that we all can identify with because what we saw on the court was Carolina basketball. And it felt so great after all just the negativity, the chaos, the rumors, all the outside noise after Tuesday's debacle at Wake Forest to see this team come together and put on that type of performance today and remind us of their potential. They look like a team that, could very well compete for an ACC tournament title. Regular season was is is getting out of you know they're they're three games out with six to play, but this they had look of a team that could win you know four games in four days, or maybe three games in three days if they get that all important double bye. But more importantly, they look like a national title team the way they throttled Clemson, who did enter today's game leading the league. Uh, it, with a 10 and three record. And, you know, buddy, I think it was just something that um, I think caught us all off guard because as much as we were wanting and hoping and even on my end praying that this team would, you know, return to, and you know, return and, and, and look like the team we thought that we were going to see for the majority of the season, you just didn't know. Because as great as those come-to-Jesus meetings are and as great as players-only meetings are, it doesn't automatically guarantee you success on the basketball court. But you could definitely tell today that whatever they said in that locker room on Tuesday 
And then whatever was said in that locker room on Thursday when RJ Del- when, when RJ Davis held a players only meeting, it, it it definitely did a lot of wonders for Carolina because they were just a completely different team today on the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, it did we haven't seen that team really all year. Um I think we were wanting to see more of that team. Um and I hope that this is kind of what, you know, wakes everything up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Carolina would find a way to to, to win this game. I, I thought that was certainly possible. But I, 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 did, not, I did not expect this. I, I thought it was going to be a rather ugly game. Carolina would have to grind one out. And this was the best they've looked offensively all season long. Uh, outside of the early start for PJ Hall, this was a really good defensive performance. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is maybe this is what they needed. Maybe they needed to get to this point in the season yet again, where it really felt like they, they needed a win to basically. Uh, get them back, you know, back in good standing when it comes to the tournament. They still have some work to do with that, but it feels a lot like last year after that loss to Pittsburgh, where Carolina was basically faced with the same type of situation, do or die. And they found a way to rally and, you know, put together that run. I'm not saying that this is, you know, going to produce that same type of run. I've seen a lot of people that have said this is, uh, you know, basically without a doubt what what Carolina is heading for. And I look, I, I get the optimism. I'm there as well. But I think at the least you can feel, you know, confident that this team ho- hopefully was able to shake off whatever this losing streak was. And, you know, maybe now settle into a little bit of a rhythm here to at least get them into the NCAA tournament. And, you know, that was what I said the other day on the show was my goal for this team with where they were at is just get into the tournament and then let's see what happens. And I I, I think today, you know, definitely helped their chances to do that. Uh, It's just about what they do moving forward. Yeah, and I I think that's the thing is that right now, this team has to take it literally one game at a time. Um, it's unfortunate that that's the position that they've put themselves in, but that's that's what they got to do. They can't they can't get all what what they've lost back in one game. They just can't. It, it, it's got to be over a period of time. The good news is, as we've laid out, um, is that they have a schedule that that allows them to do that. They've got multiple uh, quad one games still to come their way at home where they've only lost one time so far this season. And so um, if, if, if they can use today, bottle that energy up, bottle that effort up, and build off of that, then they then they have a, a legitimate chance to to build themselves into being – a you know a a a much more solid team in terms of making the NCAA tournament, and then whenever you get that bracket on Selection Sunday, they could put themselves in a position to where, kind of like last year, where they're going to be a team that nobody wants to face, and it's going to be really hard pressed to see them not making some sort of a run in the tournament. Um, but you know, in in terms of this game. It was just, it was everything that Carolina needed on the actual basketball court. 
it was basically a therapy session of, of sorts where it was the first time really all year long you saw this team have fun. It was the first time you really saw this team enjoy playing with one another. And, and they did just a lot of really, really good things um, on the court. They hit 15 threes. They, they won the rebounding margin. They won second chance points. I mean, they did, they did so many different things well today. And, and that's something where they, they haven't done so far this season where, you know, there have been games where they played a good, a good stretch or a good half. This is the first time really all year long you could look at look look at the, the the body of work and say Carolina played a complete game. And the way that was that, that was proven evident was that this game was was pretty much over at the under 16 timeout. There was one time I think Clemson got the margin down to I think as little as 12, but even then it never once felt like this game was in doubt. And that's something this team has struggled to do uh, all season long was put away inferior opponents, whether it was in the non-conference season or let alone the conference season. We all remember that Boston College game that was a one-point game with five minutes left to go. And so um, I thought that was something that uh, was was really nice to see from this team today That was that um, you had a good team come into your building um you 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 uh the the fan base was great today because they were loud they were energetic they made it really difficult for Clemson to come in there and play and then once Carolina smelled blood in the water when they came out of that second half they put their foot on the gas and, and were able to pull away from what's been a really good but really surprising Clemson team so far this season yeah, and that was the thing that I, I think was most encouraging was that they were just able to finally really put the, a, a team away. Um, you know, there were a couple of times where Clemson tried to claw back into it, but Carolina never let it get uh, inside of, you know, in, into single digits again. And that's the thing that's so encouraging about this game from a Carolina perspective is that this team clearly knew that they had to turn it on. And we saw that when they can, when, when they know that it's go time, they're capable of really, you know, throttling a, a good opponent. As you said, this, this was a team, this is the thing. You could say whatever you want about Clemson. If you believe that they're a tournament team or not, I think at this point um, they're probably heading towards not being a tournament team when it's all said and done, but Coming into today, this was a game that was just as important to them as it was to Carolina. Um, they needed to win this game to feel comfortable about getting into the field. And now, you know, they and, and, and their schedule, unlike Carolina's, doesn't really lend all that well to them being able to get themselves back into the NCAA tournament once they start struggling. So, you know, this was a huge game for them and for Carolina to come out and really dominate them the way that they did after, uh, you know, a start that wasn't great. Remember, Carolina at one point was down eight to two. Steam was knocking down three pointers. That was something that we talked about, you know, in the preview. Carolina had to prevent them from doing because this was a really good three point shooting team. Um, but you, you saw Carolina take over. They were dominant on the glass where they needed to be. They took away Clemson's best player on the offensive end and the glass in Hunter Tyson. I mean, he had one of his worst games of the entire season. So 
everything that needed to go right for Carolina in this game did. The challenge for, for this team becomes what happens when things don't go right, which is ultimately going to happen at some point in these next stretch of games. But if this is the type of performance that Carolina can really find consistently down the stretch of this season, it's going to be hard to see really that many teams at all beating them. I mean, to score 91 today, um, and, and we've seen it from this team at times earlier in the season, this is the recipe for Carolina. You you can have a great performance defensively. They did against Duke, but you don't when you can't score the ball, you're not going to be able to win. Today was the best shooting day that they have had in a while. Um, it, it was about as good as you could have felt with some of the shots that they were given um, and knocking down. I mean, look, there were some shots in this game. Uh, that were extremely tough shots, and they were able to knock them down. So the the hope is that moving forward, you know, this is this is the game that you can look back on and say this is what got some of these guys in a rhythm. Um, that, but ho- hopefully, this is what jump starts them on the offensive end because moving forward, that they, they have to score to be able to win games. Yeah, the ninety one points scored tonight were the most in an ACC game. Uh, this season and the second most behind uh, in, in a power six game. Um, they scored 101 against Alabama, but remember that was in four overtimes and Carolina did that scored 91 today in just 40 minutes. Let's take a look now at the box score, which is brought to you by DraftKings, And it's a pretty one for Carolina. They shot 48% from the field. They were 32 of 67 overall. Meanwhile, Clemson shot 45%, 24 of 53. I mentioned Carolina's 15 made three-pointers. They were 15 of 33 from behind the three-point line for 45%. Uh, Meanwhile, Clemson was just 7 of 20 for 35%. Uh, Carolina was 12 of 15 from the foul line, 80%. Uh, Meanwhile, Clemson was 16 of 18 for 89%. Percent, uh, just seven turnovers for Carolina led to seven Clemson points. 13 Clemson turnovers led to 10 Carolina points. Mentioned Carolina won the rebounding margin 34 31. At one point, it was 20 to 10 Carolina, but as well as Carolina shot, just not a lot of uh, rebounding opportunities there for Carolina. Uh, Clemson won the defensive rebounding margin 26 23, but Carolina won the offensive rebounding margin. 11-5. Bench points in favor of Carolina, 25-22. Points in the paint, Carolina, 30-22. Fast break points, 8 to nothing, Carolina. Uh, two blocks for Clemson to just one for the heels. Carolina had blocked four Tiger shots. Meanwhile, Clemson blocked three Tar Heel shots. Um, and then another really important stat here, uh, Carolina assisted on 17 of their 32 made baskets. Over half of their uh, their buckets were assisted upon. Clemson assisted on 11 of their 24 made baskets. The game was tied one time. There were four lead changes. Overall, Carolina led for 30 minutes and 18 seconds. Clemson led for just 7 minutes and 46 seconds. Let's move on now to uh, the quote of the game from Hubert Davis. And it's a mouthful, but I really thought what he had to say 
was 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 really uh, noteworthy. And he said uh, he was asked if uh, he was surprised about his team responding after what happened the other night. And he said, quote, it doesn't surprise me at all. We are a team. This is a program. I mean, we're in this together all year. I've talked to them about a hunger and thirst. I've talked to them about discipline and details all year. I've talked to them about having a love for the game and for your teammates and for themselves. And also yesterday at times, I made some of the guys put on a 15-pound heavy vest. And so throughout all the practice, they were trying to figure out why I was singling out certain players to practice with a 15-pound vest. And I told them, this is what we're playing with. I said, you got to put that stuff down. I said, you, you, I said, all the noise from the phone, the family, the friends, the fans, just put that weight down. And I said, I would like you to play a game without this weighted vest and just allow you to play freely and have fun. And so the guys have uh, met a number of times since we played Wake Forest and it showed in the way that they play together today. That's, um, that's a real tactical move by Huber Davis. And it, it was, it was the right move because he's not, he's not wrong. Um, there's no, there's no denying that this fan base at 15 and nine the other night was disgruntled and as passionate as this fan base is, the players know it. Um, whether that's right or wrong is 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 is, is that, that's up for you to decide. But the criticism that this team was was, was facing, it it was warranted. Um, I, even though they're college kids, you know, you came in with a lot of expectations um, that you set upon yourself when you released four individual videos to announce you were coming back to school to win a national championship. And we talked about this earlier in the year where this was a team that was definitely struggling playing with the weight of the world of other people's expectations. And, and so, you know, what, 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 what teams that eventually win national championships do, they're able to block out the noise. They're able to just go out there and play for themselves and more importantly, play for one another. And that's what this team did today. This was the first time really all year long you could tell that they were playing for one another. There was a joy in, in giving up a good shot for a great shot and then celebrating. Um, you know, Corey Alexander made the mention that, you know, R.J. Davis passed up a good three-pointer for a Caleb Love great three-pointer. And the first thing that was happening after the ball went through the basket was a point to the passer. And while even though those are little things, to this program, that's everything. That's who we are. That's what that's what we're about. It's about it's about playing for the name on the front of your jersey with a certain way. And that's playing hard, that's playing smart, and that's playing together. Because we've always said that if you if you if you take care of the name on the front of the jersey then the name on the front will take care of the back. And this team had a, it took them a while last year to buy in, but once they bought in, and I mean, I think the thing that all stood on me whenever we beat Duke, especially in the final four was our guys were running off the court, not pointing at themselves, not pointing at, you know, whatever they were pulling that Jersey 
in the front of that jersey that said North Carolina. And, and that was evident today. And and when, when Carolina plays with the type of joy they, they had today, when they play for their teammates the way they did today with sacrificing their bodies, being unselfish, communicating on both ends of the court, that's when you see the best of whatever version of that team it is. And we still think that this team, even though they're 16 and nine, just eight and six in the league, if they play this way moving forward, this is still a team that is more than capable of reaching all of its goals and dreams. And that's to win a national championship. Yeah, that, that, that's, I, I mean, that was the biggest thing that we talked about when we were recapping the game against Way Forest. And when we were previewing this game was that you needed to see some enthusiasm back in their game. And it really seemed like this was one of the first times all year that you saw guys smiling, having a good time. The energy was there even from the bench. And and that's the other thing. I mean, we've seen it, you know, at times this year where the bench has been energized. That's probably the most energized group, really the guys at the end of the bench. But there's other times where it's just there, there's not much there. And this game, it was from the word go, there was enthusiasm from the players. There was plenty from the fans who showed up, and they deserve a ton of credit as well for packing this place out. That was easily the best crowd that they have had all season long. And that's huge because we, you know, that that was something that we talked about I don't remember if we brought that up on the actual podcast. I think we did. But it, it, that that was something that was important to see today. You needed this, this fan base to show up and support them. And I thought they would. I'm not shocked by that uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But you could see that along with them really just clearing their minds. And I think that was kind of, you know, that, that was an interesting tactic. I think it'll be something that a lot of people will be talking about when it comes to, you know, Hubert having him wear the vest and everything like that. But I think it's it, it's something that uh, seemed to work pretty well. Basically just telling them, look, it is not, you know, it, there's there's really nothing you can do about what has happened so far. So you need to just put it all behind you and control what you can control at this point. And I think that, you know, they clearly, you know, were able to clear their minds enough and get themselves back in the right headspace for this game moving forward. Um, you know, hopefully it'll be the same thing. Hopefully they'll be able to, you know, continue to grow as a group. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know, you know, what to believe about all the rumors that were coming out and everything like that. It seems like, you know, RJ in the post game sort of squash that and everything. But look, I, I think there there was definitely something there, whether it, it involved something with that or it didn't. Something clearly was not right in terms of the connection within the team. Maybe it was just that everybody wasn't in, you know, a great mental space or whatever. But what whatever happened this week in practice was exactly what needed to happen. Now it's about, Carrying that over, you know, it's kind of weird, but I think the quick turnaround, believe it or not, even though it's as tough of an opponent as Miami is, might actually serve this team well to be able to build off of the momentum of what they did today uh, more quickly than having to wait till Tuesday or even Wednesday. So 
I, I think, you know, you, you got to give these guys credit, and that's the key to everything is what you saw today. This has to be a team that every time that they take the floor, like when they started winning a year ago um, on the road in, in Cameron and then, you know, even into the ACC tournament before they bowed out, and once they got to the NCAA tournament, you have to see these guys playing with some enthusiasm and, and and really enjoying the game of basketball because if it just if they look like it's a job and they're going through the motions, you're going to go back to having those results that you were having before today. Let's take a look at the stat of the game. I went three point shooting because Carolina made 15 three pointers on 33 attempts compared to just seven three pointers. Um, for Clemson, and, and you know, you look at that 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 discrepancy in the three point shooting, and then you look at the final margin, and that that definitely played a role as as to why Carolina not only won the game, but won the game by such a wide and large margin. So, uh, with that, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna get you the latest offer from DraftKings, and when we come back, more thoughts, more takeaways from Carolina's big 91-71 win over Clemson. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus, in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, John ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all the good offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. The first thing I want to talk about is Carolina's big three. Um, because we talked about entering this game that Carolina's tr best trio had to had to outperform Clemson's best trio. And Carolina did. Um, behind Caleb Love, who had arguably his best game of the year, 23 points, 7 of 12 shooting. Got even 6 of 9 from 3 along with another double-double from Armando Baycott and 17 points from R.J. Davis, you know, you're talking about a combined 59 points from Carolina's three best players. Meanwhile, for, for Clemson, P.J. Hall scored 18 points on 7-13 shooting. Hunter Tyson was taken completely out of the game. He had just three points on two shots. Then you had Chase Hunter had 15 points on three of 16 shooting. And, and this this was something that when you look at, at what Carolina did last year in, in the matchups where, you know, you had a, a, a good trio of players 
Carolina's Iron Five was able to rise to the occasion and 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 outperform the opponent. And that's really what happened today was that Carolina's three best players collectively and individually took the game over. And at different points in the game, they had their fingerprints on the game. And you could tell that at certain junctures in the game, even with them on the floor at the same time, there was a time that Caleb Love was the best player on the court. And then it would shift and it'd be Armando Baycott. And then it would turn into RJ Davis. And then it would all come together for a whole sequence. And that was really what allowed Carolina to put the game away as early as they did in that second half. And, you know, I I can only imagine what's that, what, what's that going to do for, for their confidence moving forward, especially for Love and Davis. I mean, after, after Armando Baycott decided to kind of air out what was said in that locker room on Tuesday, he said, look, we all came back to win a national title, and right now this ain't it. <laughs> and he, but I mean, he was also reminiscent to say, "Look, we've got the talent here to get the job done. We just gotta, we gotta put forth the effort and stuff like that." And so I was just really, I was just really impressed with the way that those three played. And you, you know, it, it 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 has to feel so much better for Caleb Love because I think the thing is that that gets lost in his struggles is that. As frustrating as he can be, and has been, and Lord knows he was frustrating the other night against against Wake Forest. It came from a place because I, I think all he wants to do is help this team win. And today, for him to see that ball go in the basket as frequently as he did, um, I mean, easily his best shooting game of the year. He also handed out five assists. This could be the turning point in his season. And, and if, if if he starts clicking and starts playing a lot more efficiently, that's the the rest of the ACC better take notice. Because Carolina's still been mildly competitive and, and been a pretty good team up until this three-game losing streak with him not shooting the ball all that great. If that changes and Baycott, who has established himself as the best big man in the country – or uh, or at least in the ACC at a minimum, and then R.J. Davis is doing what he's doing, still somewhat banged up, that could spell good news for for a Carolina team that's definitely in need of, of, of some good news. Yeah, I mean, look, all three of those guys, I mean, it's just – it's they are the key to this team. We, we brought that up before, that it's not going to come from these other guys. Man, Pete Nance was terrible again today. Um, and he just he just frankly should not be a starter moving forward. There's no excuse for it. Um, it, it just you have to put Puff Johnson out there. But even Puff is not a guy that's going to score the ball at a high level. Um, Leaky we uh, has shown that he you know still has a lot of those limitations. There are there, there are some times where he's able to help you out on the offensive end of the floor, but it's not consistent. So it all comes down to what those guys do, and mainly. I think you saw Caleb Love early in the game today. You know, he starts knocking down some shots. It's almost weird. When he starts knocking down shots, he doesn't he doesn't force shots as often. Um, he's just more confident. And it allows him to, you know, be a, a, a better passer of the basketball. He trusts other guys. And I don't know, maybe that was also part of what the conversations were about was, you know, look, we got to trust each other out there. But 
I think with, with him, you know, that's the thing. If he can start scoring early in games and, you know, not having to force it to try to find that first bucket to try to get himself going on track, whatever, uh, however you want to phrase it, I think that this team will have a chance to really be able to rely on those guys the way they did today in just about every game the rest of the season. Um, the thing with them is at this point, it all comes back to consistency. Uh, that was one thing we talked about early in the year with them, and it, they never really seemed to get it from those guys early in the year. Well, now this is the time where they have to string it all together. Look, Armando Baycott may not be fully healthy, but um, you know, th- this is, this is the healthiest he's probably been all season possibly, because I still believe that early in the year he was dealing with something. Uh, so you expect him to sort of continue the, the rhythm that he's been in. I mean, he played well again today, um, not, you know, spectacular, but still really well. Um, you're hoping that RJ Davis has shaken off uh, that finger injury and now can get back to being the guy that we saw him, you know, to, to be today and what we saw him uh, as earlier in the season. And then, you know, for Caleb Love, hopefully we see more of this moving forward. We saw, you know, how good he can be last year during the tournament once he got hot. Uh, is this, you know, a, a flash in the pan? I don't think so because I think personally, you know, outside of really that game against Wake Forest the other night, he's really been shooting the ball better. Not great, but he's definitely shot it better. So we'll we'll see. Um, But I think, you know, today shows you that these guys are capable of carrying this team, which they have to. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is Carolina's defense. And that's headlined by Leaky Black, the other starter that came back that was called out by Armando Baycott. And he was the Leaky Black of of old today. I mean, he completely took Connor Tyson out of the ballgame. Um, to to limit a, a, a double-digit score to three points on one of two shooting. Um, and he was on the court 32 minutes. It's it's not like he, he was limited by foul issues or something like that. He played his normal allotment of minutes, and there was just nothing there for him. That that's something that um, I think has flown under the radar because Carolina's shooting woes have been at the forefront. Has been the fact that it wasn't that Leaky Black has regressed as a defender. I don't think he's regressed. Just hasn't been as impactful. And you know he he needs to be. That's his. That's that's his calling card. That's what he's on the court to do. Everything else that he gives you is generally just a bonus. And today he did some nice things. He scored seven points. He grabbed seven rebounds, handed out two assists in 31 minutes. But he's on the court to take away the opponent's best player. And, you know, whether you want to debate if that's you know, P.J. Hall over Hunter Tyson, that's, we, we're not here to debate that. But he took away one of their most impactful players. And and with that, I thought Carolina's defense, you know, they 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 had to adjust the way that they defended ball screens. They were going under. Um, and with the rotation that, that Huber Davis went out there with, where you saw a lot more Puff Johnson, a lot more Jalen Washington, they got back to doing what I think they're really built to do, which is just switching everything. And that's how, you know, that's how, you know, you got a good, uh, a, a, a really good defensive team. 
really good defensive teams in modern basketball can switch everything one through five. And and Carolina started doing that as Hubert Davis used some different lineups today. And it was really beneficial to where, you know, yeah, you allowed 71 points, but they shot 45% from the field and 35% from three. And so, um, you, you know, especially coming off of what happened the other night against Wake Forest, where Carolina just allowed them to do whatever they wanted to um, in, in that first half, just a much more better effort from Carolina defensively. And they also kept them out of the lane, just 22 bench points. Um, all around, one of the better defensive performances we've seen from Carolina so far in ACC play. Yeah, I mean, they, they like you said, I mean, coming into this game against a guy like Hunter Tyson, I thought, you know, Leaky Black was outstanding. Um, and you saw, you know, early in the game, they were going under screens. But I thought as the game wore on, they did a really good job of adjusting to what Clemson was throwing at them. And this, the, the thing with this Clemson team was they had a lot of different guys that could score on you. And I thought that they did a great job of taking away every one of those guys, you know, throughout different portions of the game. Um, you know, P.J. Hall got off to a fast start. And Carolina did a good job of adjusting to what was happening and took him out of the game at times as well. And that's the thing is that you want to be able to defend one through five. Um, I, I just, the way that they stopped the ball today, so much better than we've seen here in, in recent memory. There were still times where, you know, teams were, where, where Clemson was able to get to the basketball or get to the, get to the hoop, but um, I, I just thought they did a lot better job staying in front of these guys and not breaking down defensively like we've seen them do at times this year. Um, you know, there were some times where, uh, and one of the things that teams have been able to take advantage of, whether it's through a screen or just somebody getting beat off the dribble drive, uh, is guys, you know, stepping really to about that, that, that free throw stripe area. Um, and sometimes the bigs just don't close out on some of those shots. That's the one thing that I think you saw at times today that Carolina has to find a way to take away moving forward because you're especially in the next game, you talk about two guards that uh, really can hurt you shooting the basketball from just about anywhere on the floor. That's what Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack can do. So uh, I, I think that's, that's the thing is that they've got to, you know, build off of this performance. Um, you're not, you know, going to take it lightly that, that you held this team to, to 71 points in this game, uh, that they didn't shoot the three ball well at all, especially in the second half. They were 0 of 6 from downtown in the second half. That's huge because that, that was the way that this team would have been able to get themselves back in the game after they were struggling or after they – you know, got down by double digits and they struggled, you know, a little bit early in the game shooting from beyond the arc. But Carolina did a good job of taking that away for the entirety of the game. And uh, now that, you know, they're they're in a spot where, you know, if they can really put it together on both ends of the floor the way that they did today, 
Uh, it's going to be tough for just about anybody in this conference to beat them. I mean, clearly they're not going to face, and they're going to face much better defensive teams, primarily, you know, down in that final three-game stretch of the season. They'll face Virginia and then um, Duke. So that those are those are much better defensive teams than Clemson. But uh, I, I think that they showed you on both ends of the floor that uh, they are more than capable of being the team that we expected them to be uh, in the preseason. Um, you know, and and that's something that hopefully you know they can build off of in the game on Monday night, even if they somehow don't find a way to win. The last thing I really want to touch on today is the rotation that you saw from Huber Davis. Because I I think we got as close to seeing a lineup switch or seeing a lineup switch permanently as we've seen all season long. Um, I'm going to read you the minutes from minutes played by starters. Leaky Black, 31. Caleb Love, 34. R.J. Davis, 30. Armando Baycock, 31. Pete Nance, 19. Now I'm going to read you the minutes played by the, the three primary guys that came off the bench in this game. DeMarco Dunn, 10. Jalen Washington, 8. Puff Johnson, 18. Um, Seth Trimble, Dontre Styles, they both played six minutes. Um, Tyler Nickel played four. Justin McCoy played two. Some of the Biscuit Boys uh, didn't even tally actually a full minute played. But Puff Johnson's 18 minutes, and he scored eight points, was three of five from the field. I, I The fact that Pete Nance played that little, I, I to me, I think is telling. I don't think that was matchup-based because the thing about Pete is that really in a, in a game like this with the way Clemson runs its offense and wants to play, you could have – used his ability to defend on the court, um, it, you know, in, in this game. But he has been an offensive liability all season long. He hasn't stretched the floor the way that Puff Johnson can stretch the floor. And he just hasn't hasn't been a, a, a player that impacts the game on that end of the court. As evident today, he was 0 of 7 from the field, didn't score a single point grabbed five rebounds and you know i i was a little frustrated is is a really good word to say it when the basketball account tweeted out the starters and it was the same starting five that's primarily started all season long because i just didn't get after what happened the other night how you don't change your starting lineup but in the long run it was the right decision but i also think and this happened same thing last year with when Brady became a starter. It, it it happened in the game. It wasn't like we just went into a game and he started Brady Manic. No, that just it was almost as just as a, like you know Huber Davis just saw the light. It came on. The light bulb went on above his head, and all of a sudden Brady Manic started playing more minutes, and then he became a starter, and this team took off and we never looked back. I'm not saying that this team's going to take off. I'm not saying that it, Puff Johnson, if he were to become a starter, is going to have the same impact. But it's just evident that Carolina is a better team with Puff Johnson on the court as opposed to Pete Nance. 
Um, he offers more offensive ver- versatility as a scorer, as a screener, and as a rebounder. And and then defensively, his length is a problem. He can he can get involved in the passing lanes. He's also a good a great defensive rebounder. And then the the intangibles, you know, with, with the energy, the effort, the hustle, the willingness to sacrifice its body, it's all there for Puff Johnson. And so, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you think that uh, Puff should start. And even though Huber Davis didn't really say anything directly, I think he indirectly told us today with the way that he didn't play Pete Nance, we're trending to a situation where Puff Johnson does become a starter for Carolina Assuming that, of course, he is healthy. Yeah, I, well, that's the big thing. That, that's whenever it, when anybody has asked me about why have we seen Pete Nance in the starting lineup for as long as we have, I've told him the same thing. The guy that would take his spot has not been healthy. Um, the stretch where he thought maybe he could regain that starting spot, he w- clearly wasn't fully healthy, then missed three games. So, I think now you you really do have to wonder because, look, the one game that they started him earlier this year was against Louisville. And I know, it, look, Louisville sucks. But, <laughs> I, I mean, let's let but, – but here's the thing. I mean, he still scored 12 points in that game. Um, he still gave you something in that game that Pete Nance has not been giving you. And even before that, man, Pete Nance wasn't playing this bad. This is the worst stretch – I think I have seen maybe ever from a Tar Heel player. I, I've never seen somebody that just is this terrible. Like, there's just no other way around it, man. Like, this dude is not good right now. And you have to limit how much you play him. He's not good on the defensive end of the floor. He's not hustling on the glass. He can't do anything shooting-wise from beyond the arc right now. Nothing is going down for him. And he's really not giving you much of anything on the inside either. Um, you know, these last two games, you know, we've always said he's the guy that can hit the really tough shots, but even those aren't falling for him. So he's just a liability on the floor for you at this point. And I don't want it to seem like I'm going at, like I'm attacking the dude, but I mean, you're just, as of right now, you honestly have to ask yourself, are you better when he is not on the floor than when he is? And I think, We felt it multiple times here in recent weeks. And I think now more than ever today, it was very, very evident that when he wasn't on the floor, Carolina was playing better. I just think, you know, with Puff Johnson, there's upside to him as as a player on the offensive end of the floor. Um, We said it, you know, multiple times. Over you know these this last this three game losing streak where Carolina struggled to score the ball. This there are times where this team, with all five starters on the floor, has three guys that can score, and two that teams are literally just not defending, especially in crucial situations. That is exactly what Duke did. They packed their guys in the paint. They did what they had to do on the perimeter to take away Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, and they made Pete Nance and Leaky Black have to take shots, and they didn't fall. Well, with Puff Johnson on the floor, I I get it. He's still not a guy that you should be running your offense through, but you saw multiple times today 
where they were able to drive and kick to him, and he got a good look and knocked down two of them. And the ones that he didn't knock down, we still felt relatively confident when he shot them that they had a chance to go in. So I really think that's the that's the one that they've got to take a hard look at. The other thing, though, is that you just hope that somebody else can emerge as a more consistent threat. We've got guys that are coming in and they're they're flashing at times, but then they'll disappear for two, three games, even if they're in the game. You need somebody to step up and start to give you something really on the offensive end, um, whether that's DeMarco Dunn. Um, who I think is to, at this point would be the guy, if I had to bet on everybody else that's there, uh, who does step up, it would, would be him. Um, it could be Jalen Washington. Maybe it's just that you have two guys in the front court that really step up and prove themselves. Although the problem with that is, is you don't really want to have many times where you've got both, you know, Baycott and, 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 you know, Pup Johnson, um, you know, off the floor or whatever. Um and then I, I think, you know, you got Seth Trimble more than capable of being a guy that um, I, I think could could find himself late. We've seen that before with guys. Uh, you know, the one that comes to mind most for me is, is Marcus Page, his freshman season, really uh, got it clicking at, at the end of his freshman season. So uh, we'll, we'll see, though. But I, I, I think you feel more confident with what you saw today from this group um, than, than really any, any other stretch you know, or any other game this season. Um, there's been other times where they've had to step up like Virginia, but today it really felt like, you know, Puff Johnson proved himself as a guy capable of starting. Um, Jalen Washington took, you know, really good shots uh, when he was on the floor. I didn't have one that I really had an issue with. I thought he was smart when it came to shooting the basketball. Um, and then you saw some really good things from DeMarco Dunn. He hit a really tough shot through contact that we still don't really know how uh, he did not get a foul call on. But um, that that's the thing that you're hoping to see moving forward. And who knows, maybe, and we say this every time that he plays, Maybe this is finally where Dontrez Styles starts to see at least a little more playing time. I wouldn't hold my breath if I was you, you know, the people that are listening. But uh, look, maybe this is this is it, and he can become a guy that can step up. They just need to find at least a seventh, possibly an eighth consistent option off the bench that can give them a little more depth moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be something to see really just how how Hubert Davis uh, manages this moving forward. I mean, you know, the one thing that he wants to do is, and he said it all summer long, is to create more depth. And, you know, I, I, I do think that even if you were to, to, to move Pete Nance to the bench and, and bring Pub Johnson up as a starter, in a unique way, you're now – you're you're now created more front court depth because you have two guys you can play at the five if need be. Um, with with if, if if Baycott were to get in foul trouble, with that being Nance and Washington off the bench, I think you know Demarco Dunn's going to be the guy that is going to get the most consistent minutes in the backcourt for Carolina. Um, and then with Trimble, I think it's really going to be a matchup base. If I think if Carolina's playing against a a team that has good backcourt play, i.e. Miami on Monday. I think you'll see a little bit more Seth Trimble on the court 
in that scenario. And so in closing, before we get out of here, this God today just felt really, really good because this team, this team needed a win. Like as, as bad as the fans want to win, heck as bad as the coaches want to win, these players needed a win. And they were able to get that today at home um, where, where even though, you know, the season hasn't gone the way it's gone or whatever, they were uplifted by a fan base that still has their back. And, and truthfully, we still, we still believe in these kids um, as, as frustrating as it's been, that frustration has come just from a, a place of, of sheer belief that this team can be really, really good. Um, and so I, I just, you know, as, as the game was evidently going to be a Carolina win, it was just really hard not to smile because this team could have folded. This team could have caved and quit and had that happened, you, it'd be really hard to blame them just considering the sheer negativity that existed around the team on Tuesday night in Wake Forest, but that didn't happen. They, 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 they continue to go to work. They persevered, and today they were rewarded with a much-needed and big-time win. And so um, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before we let you go, we do encourage you to visit our website. That's HeelToughBlog.com, where uh, a recap of the win over Clemson is already on the website for you guys if you want to go and check out some more thoughts and takeaways from the Carolina win today. and. I'll be back on a quick turnaround myself, getting you ready for that game with Miami with a preview and a game recap we posted night of as well as I continue to take you through the basketball season. Uh, as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners podcast and uh, we will pop up where we encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. We're less than a we're, we're, we're right at a month away from selection Sunday. So every game is gonna, you know, in, in, in increase of importance moving forward. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any game previews, any game recaps, any interviews that I might have. Hit that subscribe button. You will miss any of the, the basketball content throughout the remainder of the season. With that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Once again, want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.